Ooh, welcome to the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm your host, Barrett Carlin. So back to be so good to be back recording episodes again. I already fucked up the intro. But uh yeah, it was on holidays and then just had a string of gigs. Got to see Death Heaven, Cloud Rat, Muna, Boy Genius, Joji, uh a Lethal Black Ooze, Nerves. Uh it was just a fucking insane. I'm gonna see Full of Hell tomorrow, which will be unreal as well. But um, so good to be back recording episodes and we've got a really, 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 really good one today in that I have Alex on from The Last Vinci. Now I've been trying to get Alex, myself and Alex have been trying to get this going for a while. Finally, finally got it going and I was over the moon with it. He'll be here to talk about um, his album, the band's album, uh, The Revolution Is Made Together, which is a fantastic alt-rock album that I really, really would highly recommend. So be chatting about the creation of that how it came together and the themes and stuff that are explored and with all the music videos that are accompanying it as well. And then, of course, what the band has going for in the future, too. And uh, yeah, I just love this episode. Alex is a good friend of mine. He's such he's like the nicest guy in the world. Very articulate, extremely well-spoken and like speaks properly with integrity the entire time he talks about his music. He's very passionate about it. Um, so it really was an absolute joy to have him on. It was a very, very fun episode to record. Um, so I'm going to get on with the episode. Uh, that's the intro. Uh, and you're going to hear, you probably notice if you listen to the Korn episode, for when there's heavier bands on, I have a new intro, uh, and it's Zach Stevenson doing the heavy metal thing. So the, the, that's what you're going to hear now. It is Zach doing it. Um, so we'll get on with the episode. Here we go. Time. All right, we're here for another episode of the Who Art Thou podcast. I'm with Alex from The Last Finchy. Thank you so much for yes. coming on. It's been a long time coming. We made it, Barra. I'm so happy. <laughs> the last time... Here, let me just fix my mic a little bit. The last time we tried to get this episode going, you were playing in the Shine, And I don't know what happened, but basically we found one room that we were going to record in. Then we couldn't record in there. So then we moved to another room. Then we couldn't record in there. And then we moved to another room and couldn't record in there. And at this point, I had like six or seven beers. So I don't think I told you this part. No, I noticed that. <laughs> it was actually nice. <laughs> I'll turn those down a little bit. But uh, no, I was so, but I was just like, um, right, six or seven beers, probably fine. But I went up to the woman who was about to do the comedy show downstairs as she was running it. And I was like, has anybody told you about the podcast that we're going to be doing? And she's like, who the fuck are you? I was just like, we're going to be doing a podcast in there. Is that all right? And she's like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I probably came across as a complete like mental case. But um, anyway, we're here now. It's ready to go. Yeah, we made it, man. Yeah, it tends to worn out. They broke me here today. <laughs> so. out, yeah. I would go to the show because I do love that band. But um, I am emotionally and physically crippled at the moment. That's <laughs> okay. I'm going to represent I've the been, podcast for you. I've so. been, they've been on. They've been on. They were very good. But uh, I've, I've been out every single day. No joke. For two weeks right now. And I've, I... I I need to go to my bed. <laughs> Makes sense, man. Don't tell to me. I mean, I barely sleep. I mean, sometimes during the night with the 50,000 kids I have. And so, it's kind of, <laughs> so it's kind of, you know, I know the feeling. Yeah. Thanks God, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good moment for sleeping. So I understand the, you have to take it. When you have it, let's take it, you know? <laughs> no, I get that. So the album, uh, The Revolution is Made Together. That is, it, I got that right. Correct, man. Yes, I did get that right. I have it right there. I can see it from here. Um the last time the, when I was listening, you're wearing the Metal Cell podcast now. It was weird you talking about making it, and now that it's out, um, 
what was the kind of like the idea going into it like wh- what was kind of the creative process as douchey okay. as that question is <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay. it was basic bog standard music question yeah. how did you write music <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I take the guitar and start to write some notes. No, I mean, the basic quest, I mean, the process was mainly related to the fact that we were lucky enough in the I mean, the worst moment of the world to mm. be, I mean, in a place uh, where we can actually write and keep writing while the, the literally the world shut down. So it's kind of, I mean, we were lucky that we had an Arrow Studio. Yeah. And we, we, I mean, we literally finished to work and to build up the Arrow Studio one week before... Leo Varakta were saying, you know, guys, we're going to occur for you tonight. I mean, at midnight, nobody can go outside the house anymore. Two kilometers. And I mean, yeah. and you have to know this because I literally, I mean, Leo Varakta made that, I think, the speech around six or seven in the evening. I remember it. It was a weird kind of moment. And I, I, did, and I didn't I didn't watch that live. Okay? Oh, did you not? Oh, okay. No, I didn't because I don't have TV. And uh, I just got the news from the social media and... Uh, we just needed one last step to complete the studio. So to move him from one studio where we were before a lot of gear. <laughs> to, you know, Jesus. to the actual studio yeah. where we are now. So in the best part that I noticed that it was around something like 9, 9.30, 10 p.m. The curfew was starting at midnight. Oh, so there's just a bunch of people drinking. <laughs> so I called that Brasco. That's the most Irish thing. <laughs> I called Brasco, my drummer, that he was literally in pajamas. I mean, almost ready to go to bed. And he said, look, man, we have to move the studio now. <laughs> say, are you kidding? No, because Brasco is another guy a bit outside the world. He didn't see the news about the the curfew starting in the same night. And I say, look, man, yes. I mean, from tomorrow, we have two kilometers kind of you know limitation where we can go and we have to move the studio now <laughs> and that i mean that action literally saved probably i mean that album but also the other two because man we have i mean we've wrote a lot i heard you wrote a lot yeah a lot <laughs> and uh and we still i mean the, the revolutions made together is the first chapter of I mean, a, a longer, I mean, work that is going to be... Are we going to be able to talk about it? <laughs> uh, maybe yes, maybe not. Let's see. <laughs> we'll get but what I can say is that, I mean, we were lucky because the creative process already started before that, okay? We were just back from the 2019, I mean, tour that we toured a lot and for the EP that we had out. And we finished the tour in Italy. And um, we went back home with the plan to say, come on, we're going to rest, you know. Two months yeah. maximum, and then we're gonna start thinking about. But then, I mean, the world was falling apart, and uh, <laughs> and literally, we needed to take the decision. And in that moment, I mean, it was funny because without that space and without that time of, I mean, literally taking care of our families, staying, you know, I mean, in this kind of forever staycation we all lived for a while. Mm. But we have a studio. <laughs> we had a studio, so we can use the time to keep writing. And then, but the best part, now we can say it because otherwise, I, I really hope that Leo Varakal is not listening to this and the guards as well. <laughs> but, I mean, literally, Brasco is... It's statue of limitations. <laughs> let's see, let's see. Maybe if they're going to listen, it means that the podcast <laughs> is getting very good. Yeah. And, and um, literally, Brasco, for almost two years, was pretending to go to have shopping because I lived next to a little... And we, we are something like three kilometers and a half far from each other yeah, from the house that we, we live. Yeah. So we were outside that. So 
And he was always coming over to my place full of shopping bags, pretending that he was going <laughs> for shopping, you know. And, and then he was literally stopping, you know, in a studio and, and keep writing music with me. So, yes, I mean, we started in that way. Then, I mean, what the, what the kind of sad part of that process was we wanted to do, you know, we made it in another way, but we wanted to stay with people. We wanted to, I mean, we wanted to share the songs with multiple artists. We did it in the end, but we couldn't do it physically, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we say, you know what? I mean, we can go beyond this. We can try to make it happen anyway. And we made it, man. We done. We fucking made it. Man, dude, really. <laughs> how, how many artists are this? Is this Bannard Mare by Curious it's and Toshin? Then there's Tom Peters in the song. And Tom, oh, yeah, Tom yeah, yeah, Peters yeah. have been uh, played in the song. What was it like of... working with him? I'd say that was Oh, amazing. man. <laughs> oh, man. I, I tell you, Alpha Male Tea Party, yeah. yes, but also producer of many other bands apart from By Curious. I mean, he produced Who Alone, he produced, you know, he worked a lot on, on, on the Clef stuff when the Clef they were around. I mean, he recorded, you know, some parts of the Empire State Bastard, you know, the new oh, project really? of, you know, your Mike Bennett. And, and uh, he's a legend. I mean, to be fair, and I, I won't stop saying this Tom must win a Grammy. I mean, if he's not winning a Grammy, I mean, it means that the word is crooked. The word is crooked anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, but he really deserved to win a Grammy. I mean, he's. No, he did a phenomenal job. The he, sound of he it is unreal. He's unreal. But also, I can say it's one of us, you know? He's not. He's really. He's an incredible musician and a super duper credible producer. Mm. And. And yeah, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, he's um, I I work very often with him also for the work that I'm doing as a producer myself. I mean, he literally is mixing most of the stuff we are doing now at the moment. And the last single, you know, the cover Billy Eilish, he mixed that himself. Really? Yeah, yeah, it wow. did that. You know, we recorded it in our studio because it was that song. I mean, apart from the video that we had, I mean, great fun to do it, you know. <laughs> but is you know, it, it was a test to see what was, what was the level of results we can get out from the narrow studio. So. Mm. So we recorded there and we made, you know, you know mix the song to Tom and I mean, Tom making an incredible job as usual. And um, so it was the kind of the kickoff of my work in another studio also for other bands as well. So and uh, and yes, so working with Tom is, is pure joy is is like I can say, I mean, I probably because I'm Italian and I used to cook a lot and I love food, but I would compare him with a, a chef that is literally He's taking the ingredients of music and he has this beautiful way of working that he put all the ingredients on the table and say, mm. how we can, how can we make it incredible? This dish. Okay. <laughs> and the dish is a song. So, and, uh, I know, I know I'm obsessed with my food. You know, I'm, you, can I ask it? Cause I do, I do a thing. There's a friend of mine who's Italian and occasionally I'll tell her how I made like a traditional Italian dish and she gets so mad. Oh, She's Jesus like, that's Christ. not traditional at all. <laughs> I, I mean, we are, to be fair, I mean, one thing that she I really... It's so mad. It's so funny. <laughs> I can stand my people when they're getting so mad about food like this because, I mean, in Italy, is food, food is, is purely religion, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you don't have, if, I mean, if you barely try to, you know, make a carbonara with cream that is not a carbonara because it's true, the real recipe is without the cream, but it's still a good dish, in my yeah, opinion, nice. you know, because also, I mean, myself, I mean, I, I'm coming from the north of Italy. Okay? Mm. I come from Turin. And um, 
me and my wife that were together since 20 years when we started to stay together when we were 15 and we used to go to a pub that was close to the only pub we where we can go and we had this pub where the chef was doing the carbonara with the cream in, in italy in italy you know because in closer to the you know to the north you know you can find you know some restaurant that they are kind of putting you know some differences in yeah, yeah, yeah. some kind of center of italy or southern exactly but it was phenomenal man so for me carbonara i grew up with in that way so the <laughs> carbonara was like that yeah, yeah, yeah so when i discovered it was with no cream for me it was like oh geez really is with no cream and i mean if i say that to a, a kind of you know a roman kind of friend of mine yeah, yeah. They, they kill me well i remember the first time getting it with the uh, like the first time getting a traditional carbonara it was actually in croatia of all places but um I ordered it and then it just came and then your man just cracked a raw egg on it. I was like, what the fuck no, is this? That's, that's even <laughs> worse. I can't say than the cream. To be fair. Cracked a raw egg on it. No, yeah, but uh, no, I, I remember telling her I made a mushroom risotto and then I chucked bacon in it and she goes, Bar, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know, man. But anyway, sorry, I didn't yeah, want yeah. to move to food. No, I no, mean, we, can, I mean, we, we can have that section later. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I can, I can teach you to make some good dishes. Oh, yeah, want, please. Eh? But anyway, no, I mean, coming back to Tom, Tom is phenomenal. He's unreal. He deserves so much. And and um, in our directions, we keep working with him. And um, at the moment, we have, you know, other interests from the producer for the Las Vinci for other words. But at the moment, we're there with a the question mark in our head. Do we really want to work with someone else but Tom? I mean, because Tom is really... Is really phenomenal, and mm. but I mean, we are still not at the time to decide which one we want to work with. But yes, I mean, the nice part is that Tom is a legend. Who's top? <laughs> but no, he did do a phenomenal job. And speaking of the sound, actually, there's a lot of instruments on this album. How did you put? A, how did you get it all together? Because I know, like, you are a three piece, but like, there's there's brass. I think there's a brass section yes, on and everything. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a, the other hilarious thing because, again. That's the other collaboration I wanted to do, you know, mm. in the album. There, I say, is the fifth musician in the, in I mean, in the album. Let's say, I mean, I wanted to work with a couple of brass ensembles in Ireland, mm. but none of them wanted to do it. Really, and I was kind of impressed because we were all stuck at home, you know. Yeah, kind of say, do we want to be involved in this? And I mean, there's a in particular one brass ensemble in Cork that literally. I mean, they told me they were doing it. And then when we were starting to work on the parts, they told me, oh, yes, but we want also 2,000 euros to do it. What? And I said, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, no, man, you, you have to tell me before saying yes, you know? Kind of, I mean, 2,000 euros? I, I, I'm a, yeah, I'm a, whole day for was... one song. That's insane. I That's say, way too Grammy much. Award producer taking that money. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, won't, I won't give it to you. And the, the best part that, I mean, in the end of the story, the brass ensemble in the album is um really is is was actually happening because of John Naylor from I mean I mean he's a brass is the trumpet player of Burl at Sea. Okay. Oh wow yeah. okay, they're a great band. And yeah. he put together other two I mean colleagues of him. I mean one on the sax and another one on the trombone and um and they recorded I mean the, in one day all the all the work that was in the studio it was phenomenal man it was so good and also because also to these artists i say look guys i give you completely whiteboard for that you can write the part mm. i don't want to be influenced by my ideas okay yeah, yeah i mean the song is like that we have this riff but i want you to feel free to express yourself and i didn't expect that for some musician, it can be a trouble <laughs> because you say, oh, Jesus Christ, I have to write music myself. 
And so in the end of the story, we ended to write the parts together, but there's all the special part at the end that is completely improvised by them. Yeah. And it was, I mean, pure joy when they did it. But are they, are they nervous more about the fact, not that they have to write music for them, they have to write music themselves or that they have to write music for themselves to fit your music? Probably the second, you know, Probably, yeah. kind of. And, uh, but then also, you know, I mean, I'm coming from a family. They're all academic mu- musicians, okay. So my my sister is she's a teacher of music. She's is I mean, she has a diploma in violin. I mean, all my brothers my brothers are kind of you know all pianists and and um, they're all very classical, okay. So when you're getting and all the time that I try to propose them to collaborate or I propose to my sister, you know, to you know to do something outside the box, yeah, yeah. like the artists are doing. I, I, I consider myself more an artist than a musician, you know, because musicians are people that are able to read the music and are able to make the things, you know, in certain boundaries, you know. Mm. But when you start to express yourself with the music is where if you are in an academic environment, I mean, if you are able to mix the academic knowledge with the artistic, you know, I mean, will to do, to, to create something is the best. Yeah. But, you know, the two categories are kind of, pretty separated because kind of you know it's, it's getting tricky when i ask you you know write this part for me you know i mean write you know and i don't give you i don't tell you you have to, to play in this way you know so and was at the beginning i proposed that to them but after a couple of months i had i understood that it was a trouble for them to write the parts yeah so i say look guys i mean i have this idea for the brasses tell me what you think you know so the brass parts you can you you listen in the album are mostly written by me, then corrected by John Eilor mainly that he was the main one, he was the captain of the brass ensemble in that case, who actually made you know the brass ensemble sound so great. But I literally wrote the brass parts with the piano. Oh really? Yes. Interesting. Man. And uh, which was your first instrument you were telling me? Yeah, earlier. yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Weirdly, it weirdly was my first <laughs> instrument. Yes, I mean because I mean they 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 taught me like like you know, to play music in the very academic way. Then I discovered the Black Album of Metallica, and my oh, life nice. changed. Was that one? <laughs> yeah, it was the one. It was thanks to a classmate in in was in I mean third grade. I mean in the primary school. I don't know how to say it in in English properly. It was the third year in the primary school. And it's third class. It's third class, right? Yeah. I don't know third grade. I don't know. Sorry, I, I'm getting <laughs> confused. Right. I have... It's all right. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, literally, it's junior and senior and it's first class. I know. I know. Yeah. No, no, I know. I have six kids. I yeah, I was about that. to say. Yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> no, but I never, I never, I, I never know how to Quick express that. explaining school to you. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, I literally had this kind of classical background and plus very kind of Italian songwriters. Or the worst one was my brother, literally. I have a brother that is 18 older than me and it was it was an incredible musician as well and he really he, he, he would just literally show me very shitty music <laughs> and at the time I was small I didn't know anything then this classmate came over with this cassette of the black album nice plus some live I mean songs of load and reload um, oh, actually, it they, was in '96. They're very underrated albums. The I love them so much, they're very man. Good I albums. love them. They're rock albums. Yeah, they're, they're rock albums. albums. Yeah. yeah, they're not metal albums, but they're still very fun. Like fucking, give me fuel is an amazing oh, song. Man. <laughs> it changed my life, man. Yeah. The, the two albums, literally, because it was in '96. I I was ten, and um, and I had this this cassette with me, and and they say, "What the hell is this?" Yeah. <laughs> and and why I didn't know this before? It was my question, and. So I everything started from there. But so yeah, but my piano kind of background 
now is helping me so much mm. because for the vocals, for the harmonies and working on, you know, on the production of, you know, of all this kind of instrument because it's a complete instrument, the piano. So, yeah. so and yeah, I wrote that part of the, uh, the adding water to the ocean with the brass in that way. I proposed that part to the brass guys. And I mean, John was very happy, just literally, you know, fix a couple of things to make it work for the yeah. different instruments. And, uh, and then it was that. It was sick, man. Yeah, <laughs> and and lyrically, like, how where do you get most of your ideas from? Oh, man. <laughs> Are you sure you want to talk about this? Well, yeah, we're on a fucking podcast. That's true, that's true. <laughs> it's the right time. It's going to fucking talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I tell you, I mean... Answer my question. <laughs> <laughs> I will, I will. No I tell you, I mean, the lyric part for me is the most important part of the album. And the problem is, I mean, sometimes it's... Mm, my attempt to try to express something very important, you know, to the people that are listening to the music. And sometimes I feel very, I mean, very weird about bringing out certain kind of ideas mm. because, I mean, I listen to the music that's going around. I listen to, you know, um, to a lot of stuff that you can listen to the radio and and I, I'm going completely in a different direction. I mean, love is mainly, I mean, like for the kind of cheesy song you listen to radio, in, in the radio, I mean, love, you, everybody's talking about love, but how you talk about love? Mm. Because it's the kind of thing, you know? I mean, for me, in, in this album was, you know, very important to go through a couple of, you know, very important topics because the album title, The Revolution is Made Together, has been inspired by the last album, uh, the last song of the album, mm. the re- I mean, the only revolution has been together. Okay. At the beginning, it was supposed to be the, the album, you know, the album title. So, and, um, but we changed because the meaning of the last song of the album was pretty straight. It was, is a song against division. Okay. And in my opinion, division is the biggest lie and the biggest, you know, kind of issue of our time mm. okay everybody i mean individualism is is kind of another i mean also with the social medias and not only with the social media but you know the relationship is always being in a relationship or in general relate to people it's always been something not easy even in the past okay yeah but with the fact that we have so many tools now that is literally bringing us ourselves you know, to stay on our own and don't care about what's happening outside thinking that we are connected with the rest of the world in my opinion is a huge issue and then you know, is I I've always been inspired by what's happened around me, okay, and um, and I I'm kind of a very empathetic person, so I I have a, thanks God I'm I'm happy to say that I have a lot of relationships, I have a lot of friends, a lot of you know family. Also, I also grew up in a very big family, and and uh i always been you know in middle of different lives going around you know kind of and i always been very i've always struggling to get completely detached about what i mean maybe something that was happened to another person that it was good or bad thing you know mm. and and i found music to try to you know to, to to bring certain kind of pain i mean or the joy in the lyrics in the words so Mainly the inspiration of that. I mean, the album is literally all related to, you know, the biggest fight against fear and the biggest fight against division in general. So that it can be, you know, between people, between ourselves and the world, between, you know, um, ourselves and 
certain kind of lifestyle, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I got inspired about that. You know, there are a couple of sentences in the album that I'm very proud of. It's a very good album. Uh, thank you so much, man. <laughs> I do really like it. Like, thank you. I man. would, as it keeps. I've said this many times. I will not have somebody on if I don't like their stuff because it's disingenuous. But when you asked me to, put, well, actually, I can't remember who asked first, but. No, I, well, whatever way that it worked, I was just like, yes. <laughs> I do really, really enjoy your stuff. And you're fucking class live as well. So that oh, thank you, man. added bonus. Um, with the music videos for it, you're one of the rare bands, I think, going at the moment, in Dublin anyway, that put a lot of effort into your music videos. Uh, where do you get the ideas from? <laughs> man, I mean... They're fu- they're, okay, they're so now cool. I'm going to start the romantic moment because, I mean, the music videos ideas are mainly i mean me and brasco the drummer and we are the last vinci okay me and him we are literally the last vinci yeah, you're and like old school friends aren't you as well you know, like we hard, grew up i mean hardcore friends we, like. i i used to say we know each other since 1989 <laughs> i say that's during our shows yeah we literally know each other since we were three years old wow so okay. we went we met in the preschool <laughs> and it's funny because i mean there's a long i mean it's it's funny that we live in ireland together now because yeah it, did he did he move over i know you're you're probably uh, sorry for interrupting just go on <laughs> no 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 worries no yeah I, I, it's important to, to i mean to know this kind of legacy and background yeah. to understand also about the story of the videos because uh brasco is is a son of two actors okay, okay. didn't know that so and mainly actor in uh, the dialect of Turin. I mean, in, in the regions in, in Italy, I mean, we are very dramatic and kind of, we love <laughs> theater, you know, in Italy in general, but each region has its own tradition in terms of theater. And one of the traditions we have in Turin, there's this kind of dialect theater that is very, I mean, it's very followed by the people there. They know the dialect of of, of Piedmont, the region mm. where we grew up. And um, and the, the parents of Brasco were two incredible actors. And then they won, I mean, tons of awards for their acting career All and right. they are still doing stuff the, the father of Basque in particular is still working with the they have, they have a, a, um, um, a, a drama company that is something like 45 40 years old wow. something like this and um and so Jesus. I mean Brasco grew up in this kind of environment of you know cool <laughs> cinema I mean films and and um, theater, going to the theater to see the parents every year. Mm. So as a creative mind of behind videos, I always love videos in general, but... Yeah, so and a I, good music video really does sell the song. Like, and yeah. They make such a huge difference. Yeah. But, I mean, it was crazy when Brasco moved to Cork after we were separated for seven years and uh, we had our first, you know, professional music project when we were in Italy. Mm. And it was with a major label as well. It was an incredible experience, but we didn't have the control about, you know, almost anything, okay? Since we came over here, he actually didn't plan to join the Las Vinci. That's a funny because the, <laughs> in the first album, his brother played in, in the album. Oh, really? That's a funny thing, you know? <laughs> and, know that. And uh, yeah, and it's just literally when I moved to Ireland, you know, I had, you know, my first album ready. And Babrasco, when he came over here in 2015, no, 2018, sorry, um, he was planning to join me and playing drums for for fun, and I literally we did something like almost thirty gigs that year. I mean, I didn't expect to come back. <laughs> I was coming from Order of the Mass, another project I had it. It was pretty successful at the time, 
and uh, it, actually unfortunately created I always forget you were in Order of the Mess as well which are another phenomenal band oh thank you man <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was like oh yeah he's in that as well <laughs> yeah yeah. And it was actually we. it was in the year we released that album that I started to I wanted to come back with Las Vinci Order of the Mess was always supposed to be a side project but then took off and uh, but then I mean I came back to the Las Vinci and um, but with Brasco they the the exchange on on ideas and the creativity on that to make videos is 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 pure joy. We really enjoy in doing that. Mm. Okay, and he inspired me a lot about push my creativity on that, and um, and it's funny because of course the combination of the creative attitude of Brasco and. I mean, the exchange between each other and then the fact we work with Shane Serrano of Crude Media that is a hero, okay? okay? And there's, again, another connection with him about the Las Vinci because Shane is the drummer of a band called Fox Joe from Limerick, okay? I think Gava sent me them before. Exactly. And um, Fox Joe were the only band that literally listened to this pure immigrant in 2012 <laughs> when I moved to, I mean, when I moved to Ireland and I brought the the demo of my first album to Shane and one gig at the Pine Lodge in Myrtleville in Cork on the beach. Really, I will remember that forever. Also for another reason that I won't say. <laughs> but uh, I brought that album to, to Shane and say, look, can we offer to your gigs because we really love your band and we just arrived here. It was crazy to start back. From, I mean, I was coming from a professional, I mean, experience in Italy with music and I needed to start from scratch completely in Ireland. It was very, very weird. And I didn't have any support from anyone. And and Shane was the first one saying, you know, yes, your, your, your stuff is class. I mean, I like it. Open for us. And we had a gig together in Limerick in the Cobblestone Joe's. I mean, the, the now is closed, unfortunately, or is open, but they're not doing gigs anymore there. And it was an unreal gig. It was full, and the guys were very impressed. We became friends like this with Shane. Then Shane became an incredible director, <laughs> and he always enjoyed the fact of, you know, of this exchange between us, you know, yeah, and yeah. and also you work on my curious videos because curious also have very good videos. Shane. Yeah. It was always my first choice, but the guys wanted to go with another one. But then, unfortunately, last minute, one of the the main director was supposed to film the videos of Reconstructor, the album of By Curious, literally uh, pull out because they had some health issues. He, could, he couldn't do it anymore. And the guys said, guys, I know the only person that is going to be able to make it right in a short term, and it's Shane. Mm. And we started to work properly together there, and... And now that's a funny thing. Sometimes I call Shane to say, "Oh, look, man, I have an idea. I have an <laughs> oh, idea. <no. laughs> I have, I have an idea, but I don't know if we have enough budget. I don't know if we have, to, we can do it. But I tell you this idea, then you tell me what it is. And uh, and Shane is is a legend. He's a legend because he's always listening. He's he's a passionate artist and a, an incredible director. So the combination of two. I mean, we really work. I mean, love to work on videos. Also, despite the fact of working on videos is so bloody expensive, man. I would imagine it's so. Mentally expensive. I, I mean, but I, it's even how time-consuming it is. Like I've been on my friend now. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be in it. He's shooting a film. To just do something simple took like two hours, which is sitting there over and over and over again, and all the time you're like. He's paying for every second that these people are in this room. Do you know? <laughs> no, if you think that, I mean, adding water to the, uh, all the videos that we released just literally 
there are one I mean one day of production we try to squeeze everything from yeah. the early morning until the late evening okay mm. so Gallo's video I directed the video oh really I mean yes it's completely filmed by me also with the help of my daughter Marta I, my <laughs> daughter Marta did actually she's the voice of Reconstructed in the Song of My Cruise really yes <laughs> We actually went over to see my cruise in the sound house for the oh, first time nice. because it was, you know, a, a 14 plus gig. So she could come over. <laughs> she literally turned 14 the week before. That gig was so good. It was unreal. It was very, and, very um, and Marta, I mean, my daughter, she's doing, she was doing acting classes and uh, she's really inside filming and, you know, acting. And, and uh, she's still one of my first, you know, the first person I go when I write songs or when I, I mean, I have ideas, she's really good to say, oh, no, David, this is shit. No, go <laughs> ahead. Go ahead with this. We can maybe develop in this way, mm. you know? And um, so Gallo was done in that way. But the other videos, I mean, with working with a professional like Shane yeah. in one day, there's a couple of months of work before going there for locations, props, concepts and, and, all, concepts yeah. and lighting and all this kind of thing. But Shane is filming, is doing films for big companies, he's doing ads, he's doing, you know, is and also he's a musician, so he knows, he yeah. knows how to make videos for musicians. So, and um, so it is the best combination, man. I mean, I love it. Yeah, no, uh, but the the one that I was watching this morning, the animated one for the mountain. How, Ooh, how, oh, that one, man. That is, oh, Jesus. What, do you not like it? No, man. I mean, <laughs> you have no idea. It's a I beautiful mean, music video. I, will, I love that so much, <laughs> but I tell you, that was, a, I mean, was very tough to do it because yeah. literally other three people, two people, the other two artists were supposed to film it and they literally stood us up I mean, two animators like yes mm. and the best one was i mean one person was supposed to do it with us i mean but it, and it was the main one and i won't say the name but literally we had calls with him we we tried to figure it out the ideas and how to do the things we were saying we wanted to go in a certain direction because of the lyric you know and it was keep saying, oh, yes, yes, I mean, I have a certain kind of artistic taste. And I say, okay, I mean, I, I'm looking forward to, I mean, to know what you think. I mean, if you have different ideas. And we spent some, like, three months. We started very early because we were aware that it was taking... Animation a, takes a, a lot of time. time. I've done it before. It takes a long time. So we literally said to, to this guy, yes, but we have to move on because we want to release this song. We want to release it, you know, in the album is going to be out next year. I mean, we started something like in June or May the 2021. And wow. it, the guys literally stood us up in August, end of oh, August. For fuck's sake. Exactly. Saying, oh, no, no, no. If you want, if you if you have to give me a deadline, I'm not feeling free to do it. And say, man, I that's know. the most unprofessional thing I have ever heard. Man, now that's... I've been flaky on designs myself sometimes, but that is ridiculous. That you, that's a that's ridiculous. It was ridiculous, man. I'd say you were furious. Oh, I'd be. I so was angry. so pissed so off. Angry. <laughs> so pissed off. But the best part, man, a bad it Google wasn't review. over. <laughs> what? It wasn't over <laughs> because I found another one. Okay. Who actually stole our money. Oh, no. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah. I mean, it was, we were desperate. So we were looking for different kind of, you know, I, I found someone that he was selling himself like, what, like on a Fiverr certain, or something. Or, exactly. Yeah. Like on a certain level. 
but then it was just literally it was just making tricks on Fiverr. Thanks God we got the money back because okay. we had Fiverr in the middle. But then we were kind of, I mean, we didn't know what to do, and we found, I mean, the actual animator, I mean, is a Colombian one, and um, and it was brilliant because we literally clicked straight away together. Yeah, I love the art style of it. It's and very nice. uh, at the beginning, we were, you know. We were very worried that people weren't liking it. You know, you know, instead we got so many good reviews and many good, you know, feedback from that that, that video. Also, at least for me, it means the world that video because "Falling from a Mountain of Joy" is probably my favorite song of the album. It's my favorite song of the album. Thank you, man. <laughs> and, it genuinely uh, is. And also, is <laughs> a song that I literally and I know they probably looks very very cheesy to say. I stopped crying listening to the song just recently after years singing and writing the song because writing the lyrics was one of the hardest things that I ever did because it was talking one, I mean, about one of my, you know, lowest moment in my life and the ability to feel, you know, and I'm still getting emotional now I talking about it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's literally talking about the ability of, let it go and to say, you know, I'm vulnerable and there's no problem to, despite I'm stubborn to keep going in that direction because I want to be right. I want to, I want to be the one owning my success and everything that is just showing the fact that I'm a prick, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm loved. And this actually, this made such a huge difference because it's because of the love I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm relieved from the burden of my guilt on myself, you know? Mm. And I, so the, the solitude is going away. I mean, feeling alone is going away. And, but you are vulnerable in that case. So the fact that the guy literally, I, I, I said to him, I, I expressed that feeling to him and he tried to make it work, you know, also for the budget, man, because yeah. we didn't have a lot of money. And uh, at the time, because it was the fourth video, third video at the time. And so there was a lot of, I mean, I won't say how much we spent for making everything because yeah. it's completely self-produced, but it was a lot of money. So, and uh, so this guy made it for the budget. We gave to him an incredible job. No, he did so. an amazing job. It's a great, it's a really beautiful music video. Um, I will actually put it in the bio for this episode when the episode comes out. But we're on to the uh, the latter half of the podcast now, which is where I ask you random questions that I would ask you at a bar. <laughs> um, I messaged Gav this morning. No I way! Was like, I was like, I was like, do you have any questions you'd like to ask Alex? So this is Gav from uh, I'm by, scared from By Curious. Uh, where is it now? <laughs> where the hell are they? They are funny. Let me see. God damn it. Because uh, we were chatting about the gig last night. <laughs> I know you were deaf, Evan, right? Yeah, 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 it was very, very, very good. Oh, yeah, okay. He goes, uh, he said, when are no conventional sound getting back together? Oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Gavin. Gavin, that's so bad. <laughs> okay, just to tell the story, non-conventional sound is the first band of me and Brasco, where Brasco was the singer of the band. Okay, interesting. Okay, we sing together because Brasco is a phenomenal singer. And um, <laughs> I know they probably won't get back together. Honestly, I mean, we propose to record. I mean, th the next album and and but our fellas weren't very 
sure 100%. I mean, they wanted to do it, but then nobody moves us, so and we we've been a bit enough busy to don't do it. But all oh, maybe, maybe one maybe. day, maybe one day. We have it here, maybe. And then the other the other question that he asked is is it 50 gigs in three days or is it three days in 50 gigs? Gavin, Gavin, you know the answer. It's 50 gigs in three days, and I won't say anything more. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. I know, I know. <laughs> that's a legendary, I mean, moment that happened with the life of me as manager of Bike Warriors and on one of the first UK tour of, of Bike Warriors. But I won't say anything because it's literally just something very important between... We don't have, Gavin, we don't have to disclose these kind of things to everyone, okay? <laughs> This is our little secret, okay? Uh, what was the first and last album you ever bought? Oh my lord, that's a really tough question. I mean, the first ever <laughs> album I ever bought, I'm pretty sure is the Spice Girls. That's all right. Spice Girls are awesome. I know. <laughs> I mean, yes. Spice Girls are fucking cool. <laughs> the last album I was obsessed with them as a kid, by the way. I think everybody was, to be honest. Man, They were very cool. Man. I just tell you this. And and I want to keep it in this podcast. So if people are going to listen to it, maybe they start, you know, plotting something. <laughs> I tell you that maybe the future of the Las Vinci is really well connected to the one of the Spice Girls. Okay. And I dropped this bomb here and that's it. Please be Baby Spice. <laughs> no, be, I mean, I, we won't be part of the Spice Girls. That's absolutely <laughs> confirmed. But there's a connection between the future of the Las Vinci and... But I won't say, I mean, and the Spice Girls, of course, but I won't say why. And uh, the last album that I bought, I mean, let me think, because unfortunately, I mean, I, it's probably God Alone, last album. Oh, uh, ETC, is yeah. it? Yeah, that's a fantastic album. Yeah, because... From Cork as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, of course, I mean, Kian from God Alone is playing with us as well. So he's one of our bass players that is coming out with us oh really yes he's lovely actually he's well. sitting a real musician yes Chine one time he's very nice yeah at the um, moment we had we i mean me and brasco were playing with different bass player because connor or i mean for former bass player in the band for different reasons he cannot be in the band i mean so but you know we play with incredible musician at the moment to keep running the gigs the live part so no god alone's very good one very good answer yeah. solid it's one of my <laughs> favorite album of last year i think um or one of them at least it was definitely in the top 10 um what was it i actually bought a load of vinyl when i was over in london but i bought bands that i didn't know so i was in like some hardcore punk show shop but i won the albums i got was a it's a band called blasphema and it's so unbelievably heavy from columbia in 1978 blasphema. it's called blasphema i'll show you nice up and show it to you. i don't know if i like it or not <laughs> where is it Oh Jesus! What is that? Oh my God! This is scary. I couldn't have this one around my house. I mean, what is that? I mean, yeah, it's like it's like met extreme metal from Colombia. I think it came out in like 1978 or something, or 1980 or something. But it's I've never heard it before. You can't listen to it on Spotify. It's not on Spotify. Because it's too heavy. <laughs> Because it's too heavy, maybe. But it's wild. I was just like, because it sounds like something that would be made now, but it's apparently it's from the 70s, the 80s or something. Anyway. Nice one. Yes. It was a very good album. That's the last one that I bought. But um, And then Shackalack gave me their new vinyl for free last night, which was interesting. <laughs> nice one. Uh, very good album as well. Uh, if Because 
oh actually here's a good one that i that i was i wrote down especially for you you're you're a band that has very 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 nasty riffs in your music that i love what is the nastiest riff <laughs> it still has to come out so <laughs> kind of you know no, no no of any of any band ah okay okay of of any band oh jesus <laughs> Let's say, I mean, I have to remember the title. I'm very bad with titles name, man. I mean, I have to tell you this. But I'm pretty sure, I mean, lately I'm listening a lot to a band from the US called ERA. ERA? Yeah. Like E-R-A. You know, E-R-R-A. Don't know them now, to be and honest. And they're kind of play jazz music. I mean, it's fault of Jack, the guy that is working in my label in Narrow the Records. Mm. That he's obsessed with jazz music. I mean, uh, okay. jazz music. I don't know pronounce it. But is this is a kind of a very important band from, um, from the US for that general music, and uh, that that riff is massive, man. I mean, it's, it's painful. I mean, of course, other riffs that I have to figure it out. You know, I mean, I know I'm going for the classics. I mean, for me, you know. Uh, battery from Metallica, man. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> I mean, that the riff is is one of the best openers to an album. Yeah, like, exactly. Ever. Yeah, with the classic guitars at the beginning and real. Yeah, I mean, Metallica are like kind of you know, like my musical parents. Mm. Let's say, I mean, because if it wasn't for them, I wasn't embracing a guitar, and um, so I'm very glad that despite Metallica, maybe they're not. I mean, now at the moment, because I get in older, I don't know why, but a lot of people say a lot of bad stuff about them, but they're still amazing. Never understood opinion. people shitting on Metallica. Like, I know, like, you know, they had a couple of bad albums. Lulu is not great, um, <laughs> but uh, we won't talk about Lulu. <laughs> For anybody who's interested, interest, interested in it, it's a Lou Reed album with Metallica doing some play, I think. Like, it's a Greek tragedy yes. or something. And also, I have to say this in the podcast, is the favorite album of oh, Evan but- from Worn Out. Is yes. it? <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It's not. <laughs> I'm gonna keep my reaction in, and just we'll just say that it is. But uh, Lou Reed said it was the best thing that he ever made. Imagine the and then he died. <laughs> That's the reason. And then he died. <laughs> Jesus Christ! He died before people knew that they that no one liked it. <laughs> I am the table, but um. No, but I don't really understand the Metallica hate. I've always said they're a very, very good band. I know I get why people kind of shit on them, but to say they're a ba- like people say they're like a, a bad band. It's like no, they're not. <laughs> they're a very good band. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, really, probably because I'm emotionally involved with the band. Because when you know when you need for me when I need to listen to something safe, I'm going to listen to Metallica. Yeah, yeah, well, sure. That, that it means that sometimes I don't want to discover anything. I just have, you know, some riffs that are, you know, even 72 Seasons is is an album that it's Metallica, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's not like a bad the album. Foo Fighters, okay? I mean, like, I mean, for me, the Foo Fighters are very, a band that I really love so much. Mm. And they've been, let's say, if Metallica are my parents, I mean, Foo <laughs> Fighters are my cousins, okay? So, and, uh, like and, that. um, <laughs> But again, you know, you love the band because of the band. I mean, now, I mean, it's not anymore only related to music. I mean, when a band, in my opinion, is able to bring their self, I mean, in into the music. So the character became the music. Mm. So you are not loving only the music. You love also the people behind the music. So, and uh, and for sure, for example, between Metallica and Foo Fighters, is the Foo Fighters is the band that I... 
I went to the Give the Most to Saw, and I went. I was there in Wembley in 2008. Oh wow! I, I cried. That was incredible. And, yeah. I mean, it was also the year I got married with my wife oh, at no 20 way. years old. So and um, and it was unbelievable because it was pure emotion, and also I love when a band doesn't need to have incredible production to make a show that you will never you you will won't forget. I mean, in your entire life. I mean. Like the Crooked Vultures, I saw them live. I've never seen them. Before. Man, I heard they're that, very still good. the best gig yeah, in my entire life. Good. And also because we're in a safe, I mean, kind of mentally, also Josh Holm on guitar was, I mean, happy and enjoying what they were doing. And sometimes Josh Holm is kind of a weird place, as we said. <laughs> so, and they've rolled on drums. I mean, there's nothing else to explain. You know? Yeah, that would be pretty sick. You're uh, funny looking at people happy on stage. I remember seeing Fallout Boy. And the whole band were giving it socks, except the guitarist was just not moving, stagnant, and just looked pissed off for the whole show. It was so weird. It kind of took me out of it. It was because you're like, oh, they look like they're having a great time. No, he's not. No. But, uh, <laughs> so I was going to, I actually, one of the questions was, it was like, what's the best band you've seen live? But um, you just answered it. <laughs> yeah, they were good vultures for sure. There's no, I mean, it wasn't, I mean, also seeing a person like John Paul Jones at 65 years old at the time uh, playing something like 10 different instruments mm. we, in the easiest attitude ever, <laughs> in the best way ever. You make me feel, Jesus, I feel horrible now at 30 that I was at the time. No, I was even younger. I was something like 20, it was 2000, 2009 or 10, something like this. And um, so I was something like, yes, 13 years ago almost. Yes, so I was something like, you know, something like 24, something like this. And I say, I will never be like Josh Homme 65. I mean, that guy is, is the man. <laughs> you can clearly see when someone is gifted. Yeah. I mean, and that was really, wow. I mean, they played for two hours and a half, man. Fuck. That's a long time. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, who is the, who do you think is the most underrated band going at the moment? Oh, man. The most underrated band, I know that I'm going to say something very unknown name for probably for the Irish scene. And I'm very happy that I'm going to bring them here in November with Naruto Records. Is a band from Germany called Konguru. 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 Yeah, they are playing something very similar to what we do Okay. with Las Vinci. And, um, but of course, in their own style. And we, be, I mean, we met each other in a very weird way because. Our album went pretty well in Germany, okay? So, and there was a magazine called Vision Magazine that literally, um, I mean, I mean, put out, I mean, say a lot of great things about our album. And they discovered us, I mean, thanks to the magazine. Nice. So, and they contacted us to say, oh, look, guys, you know, classic request, you can get all, we would like to open for you, we would love to do something together, your album is great. And I discovered this band, and it's, they're unreal, <laughs> phenomenal, and they are in Germany. The situation is a bit different, and for the kind of generally music we do, or I mean, there's a lot of experimental, a lot of punk, but for the more kind of mainstream rock or kind of you know more standard one is is tough. And and the guys are just I mean on another level in terms of production, but they're sometimes are struggling to get the recognition they need. Mm. And uh, but that's in a very I mean I know that. Probably nobody say, oh, fucking hell, this kangaroo. Check kangaroos. I mean, the guys on, on Spotify. But is, um, I mean, on a higher level in terms of, I mean, 
I'm, I mean, a band that, in my opinion, would des- deserve way more were Black Pigs. I mean, Black Pigs. Black Pigs. They, I've they, never actually, heard they, of them. They split. I mean, something like last year. And um, to be fair, they, I mean, they're still one of my favorite bands so far. I mean, and where are they from? They're from Brighton. Brighton. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I do you know Skin Failure. They're band from Brighton as well. Skin Feeder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The singer of that band was. Oh, okay. I mean, the band of Black Skin Feeder are very good as well. And um, and then I mean, yeah, I would say these two, these two bands, and uh, yeah, I don't have. I mean, of course. I mean, there. Are, I we we can spend. I mean, hours talking about underrated band because we're, yeah, we're, there's too many. There's so much music, you know. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> it's over. Yeah, I mean, my sentence is over. So it's kind of <laughs> it's kind of weird. Uh, if you could change one thing about the Irish music scene, what would it be? Oh Jesus Christ! I mean, how many hours do we have? You know? <laughs> I mean, for sure. The reliability of bands, <laughs> the kind of, you know, there's a lot of bands that they're working their ass off and they're trying to do their best. And there's a lot of bands that they would like to work their ass off, but they're not doing it. And, uh, and they, but they, pre- I mean, they really want to the rest of the people to give them opportunities. Okay. Mm. In my opinion, there's, I mean, Ireland has a huge benefit. It's not a big country. Okay. So, and the fact that there's so, so much creativity and, in my opinion, there's also kind of government support on the music, you know, mm. with Cultural Ireland. And because sometimes, you know, we're taking for granted this, but other countries, they don't have that. I mean, my country don't have an office for, I mean, to support bands. Really? You know? No, no. Also, I mean, I would never, you know, for example, I mean, I'm happy to say this on the podcast that, I mean, we're going on a European tour from September on until December. We're going to Germany, Italy, UK, and Ooh. we got we got we got founded by Culture Island, you know. Really? Yeah, and we're very happy about it because we we, we needed to work for one month and a half to prepare the application properly. Yeah, yeah. I needed to ask for help for that to make it right because we applied other times and we didn't get it, and we made it and we got it, and and, and really we never been lucky in terms of this kind of stuff. Okay, and. The fact that the result of working our ass off brought the result that having, you know, the tour founded, you know, that we're going to have the chance to have a profit thanks to that, you know, and it's fucking, I mean, it's unreal. And yeah, that is class. That's something that is underrated. There's a lot of kind of, we have so many opportunities in Ireland about the music scene. And, and of course, the lack of venues, in particularly in Cork now at the moment, the situation is tough, okay? Because we literally have the Fred Zeppelin letting playing the people... I mean, the Cypress Avenue is too big. I mean, the Crane Lane doesn't let play anyone they want. I mean, they just taking, I mean, let's say a specific circle of people playing only there. And But it, the problem is, I mean, we have so much to expose. I mean, so much. There's a lot of interest. People are going to gigs, but there are no places where to perform properly. Yeah, different yeah. than Dublin, that there are different venues. But, you know, the in Cork at the moment, we have something, in my opinion, very, very outstanding we have the people going to the gigs. Mm. So we have a scene that is, we can, I'm proud to say that it's there, you know, mm. and is, but is, isn't that, you know, we're not talking about going to see idols 
in you know in in, in the biker street. I'm talking about going to see the last Vinci in the Fred Zeppelin, yeah, yeah, yeah. and when you sell out the places, and you can see other promoters or other bands doing the same, and people get the support. It's phenomenal. It's unreal. And but we need to get out from the classic play. We want to have more opportunities now to expose that. Is absolutely one thing, and and I think that one thing that I, I mean, now in my opinion, we are coming back. Unfortunately, how it was pre-pandemic, we need to stick on working together approach mm. between bands because that's, in my opinion, is the most important thing. Because if we don't help each other, who is gonna do that? And because. Everybody would like to have a manager, a label, and, you know, but I we didn't have the structure. We built up the structure, mm. you know, and that's, in my opinion, people, if they want to really, the people really want to get into this business, but also to do the things in the right way, they need to, you know, you know, take up their sleeves and to say, okay, let's do it, you yeah, know? actually fucking put some work in. <laughs> exactly. And also don't wait for someone else to do it for you. Start to do it yourself. Create connection, enjoy the relationship with other artists. Don't be cocky. I do always find that weird. Do you ever see like when you're at a venue, like maybe Workman's or something, where a band finishes a set and then for some reason doesn't talk to the band afterwards? It's so strange. It's like all be friendly to each other and get on. (laughs) That's true. I know. But it's, you know, the problem in this kind of things is that someone needs to make the first step. Yeah, there is that, I suppose. Yeah. Because. If the problem is not that one band or the other one did something wrong, is the fact that there's not that kind of sometimes we forget that we need to respect the others in yeah, general yeah. in the in the life in general not only in the music, but that's so important in music so much important because we have people I mean for me at the least the, the music experience the reason why and I'm saying this clearly in this podcast the reason why I keep doing music having a full time job managing two bands at the moment having six kids <laughs> and working on where do you get the fucking time to do anything i i can completely <laughs> say i have a great wife okay and that's the reason why i came doing this oh, and adorable. thank you thank you louisa thank you if you listen to this and you probably will thank you and um but really cut i mean that part <laughs> <laughs> don't do it no i can get something back in I'm the gonna cut that out. no but i mean is the is the fact that uh if i despite all the things that i said i'm keep doing music because there's i mean I'm, a human you know interaction that is so important even the one that we're having me and you now mm. I mean, started way before, I mean, starting, you know, recording this, you know, this podcast, yeah, okay? Yeah. The music was kind of the way how we got together, okay? But I'm I think sure... I bet you first when you supported By Curious. I think that was the first It can be, met. yes, yeah, yeah. yes, absolutely. But, you know, it's nice the fact that thanks to the music, I can become your friend. Mm. You know, I can create a relationship, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it doesn't mean, you know... I mean, we're gonna be best friends, but it means that you know, I know. I mean, that Barry is doing incredible things with the podcast, and Thank I want you. to support him. You know, <laughs> and maybe if I get him, I mean, if I meet him in Dublin, we're gonna have a pint together. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. chat about stuff. You know, and and that conversation, maybe in that conversation, is gonna come out the fact. Oh, look, man. I mean, today is uh, wasn't a good day. Oh, want to talk to me? Let's talk together. You mm. know, that's that's support. I mean, we help each other, and with the soundtrack of the music, I love to think about the music it's not the goal but it's the way mm. you know because sometimes you know when if you're starting to get frustrated with the music business you're dead man 
you're literally dead because the music business is just a business. What they make it special, really special, is just the fact of bringing the people out. And that is what where the click, the, I mean, the amazing thing that a lot of people are seeing from the outside thinking, oh, that guys, oh, really, they got famous, they have fame. Yeah. And it's not only related to that. It's also related that there's, there's I mean, there's a combo, of course, that when there's a lot of stuff going around, a lot of interest, you know, of other, you know, parts of the business, looking into the artists, you know, in a certain way, everything's changing away, okay? But the basic, everything needs to start from a foundation that it's real, mm. okay? And if we're not working with the people, where do we go? That's the kind of thing, you know? Jesus, I'm so philosophical. Yeah. I, I actually <laughs> forgot what the question was. Oh, yeah, well, if you could change something about the Irish music, it would have been... I told you. I mean... Yeah, no, it, it's funny. It, it's a shame, like, most of the time that I ask, that I ask that question, the same thing is the fucking venue thing is, the, is quite an issue. But um, It's like the house, man. The house is an issue. We yeah, in yeah. Ireland. Same kind yeah, of thing. I'm still living at home. <laughs> I know, I know, man. <laughs> it's fine. I don't have to pay that much rent. I do pay rent to my parents, but, like, not... Fucking... I went on daft.ie, actually last week and put in uh for a apartment anywhere like even sharing with somebody for a grand like that was the monthly rent no no research results at all jesus it's, christ it's insane but anyway we won't go into the move house. to cork you know, well move to cork move, to, move cork. to cork <laughs> some of my favorite bands are from cork genuinely glass vinci <laughs> <laughs> come on stop it <laughs> do you ever listen to a band called um altar of plagues they're from uh, cork they're not no, a band anymore you I don't check want... them out if you they're a very, nice. very good metal band um, probably one of the best to ever do it in terms of black metal. What um, I try. Oh yeah, I have one more question because with the music videos and you put so much effort into them. What is your favorite music video? Between the one that we had uh, done so but far, you could do your own ones, or you can do somebody like just in general. Fair music videos. I mean, you do both. <laughs> I can do both. I mean, between I mean our one for sure, Glitter Slaughterhouse. I mean, Glitter Slaughterhouse is classic. Is because <laughs> probably because it was. The kind of generally the idea that I had in the first place, and Shane was able to recreate exactly what I dreamed one night, mm. and was phenomenal. And about I mean other videos for sure. Um, about being the favorite one, I mean I have one favorite one for sure that is uh, I mean Learn to Fly from the Foo Fighters. I mean I love the. <laughs> Reject Black. Jeez, I and... haven't thought of that music video in a long time. Yeah. That's a great music video. But also, <laughs> if I want to say something about a great music video, that just recently it just went out a couple of days ago, the, the new Scratch single. Okay, I have to new, give that a go. It's very, very Nine Inch Nails kind of photography and oh, sick and song completely different compared to, the, to their style. I think that the Scratch are the new thing in this country and oh, the, it. The scra- I've said it before on the podcast but I remember being at Knock and Stock and then a friend of mine was like you have to go see the scratch you'll love them and I was like what type of music is it and it's like well it's like heavy metal but it's acoustic and I was like fuck that that sounds awful <laughs> instead and then no went and saw it went and saw it he was like believe me just and literally within I'd say about 10 seconds I was like this is amazing <laughs> yeah they're yeah. very good live as well Phenomenal. Good fun. Phenomenal. very very good fun band um, yeah. couldn't, give, couldn't Give Rats is such a good album as well yes I can't wait for the, to the follow up now very happy for them for what they're doing I mean they is another example when you work your ass off and you are able I love the fact that that guys are able to bring out their self in the music in the way how they do the things and 
and they deserve all the things they have. I really no, respect that, them. I have not, I've actually never met any of them, but from what I've gathered, they're all just sound as fuck. Last, <laughs> I wanted like, to do something fun about that. I mean, we, I, I mean, I met them a couple of times. Uh, I work with their manager as well, and uh, but we, you know, we were playing the Great Escape with my curious and we hang out at the airport at the gate, <laughs> and they were so sound. Oh my God, they were. And then I mean, also um, uh, Doc. I mean, the, the, one of the guitar player literally filmed, you know, the Ringwood session of my curious during the pandemic, oh, and sick. he's an incredible director as well. And uh, now, nah, I mean, they're super sound people. I mean, if you know them, you even love even more. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, well, actually, I only have one question left for you. Okay. Which is what ends the podcast every time, which is what do you enjoy most about what you do? What I enjoy most, I'm probably repeating what I said before, probably is the, <laughs> the kind of, you know, the interaction and the, um, the magic that starts between people with music. I mean, I love the fact... Um, one thing that I really love about what I'm doing is to help people develop what they do and and for me to write music and to express myself through the music mm. because let's be clear i mean for a musician writing music is not just a, a hobby okay yeah, yeah it's therapy it's mental health therapy and i'm glad that i got this gift man because it's not for everyone and and I'm very, very generally, gen- I mean, it's probably the best part. Um, all the time that I'm too much into the management part um, and I feel that I'm stressed out, I move straight away to the music and I don't listen to anyone. And even in my studio at home, they have to <laughs> knock the door before getting in. <laughs> Just if it's an emergency, they have to open. So, but yes, it's literally for that. Is that true? It is. It is. <laughs> I mean, when I'm in a kind of, I mean, I suppose when you're in the, when you're in the, um, it's like, uh, I, I hated it. If I'm ever up in my room designing, which is very rare, but nowadays because I work as a graphic designer during the day, I do not want to be doing it when I'm off work. But when you're in the zone and someone snaps you out of it, it's so hard to get back into it. it That's it, it. Yeah. So, that, but it also is sense. the moment. It's a weird thing because is, I mean, the studio, the narrow studio, is literally in my property. It's outside the house. So, and you have a little footpath, go there. And my kids literally, they know because my wife has started them in the right way that you have to knock the door <laughs> before getting in. Just if they are alone, I they have taken open the door. <laughs> but, you know, apart from that, yes, enjoying, you know, that what the music can create for people and the fact that music can really heal a lot of, I mean, I mean, a lot of your problems, a lot of things. Of course, it's a process, but I think that they're the most important thing. I think that, Without the interaction and without the people, there's no music. So, and if we care about that, we keep caring about that. It is really the only thing that really matters, in my opinion. No, I would agree with you. I have to say, there's something is to be said about making something creative and where and it's and I what I love I, I love that you answered uh, when they asked you on the Metal Cell podcast. You said. They ask you, do you make music for the audience or for yourselves? And you just went, no, do you think about the audience when you make music? And you said, no. <laughs> I, I can't. That, that, no, because no, that, that's a good answer because it means that it's for you, from you. It's, and the audience are going to like it anyway because if it's personal and actually, you know, there's an integrity with it, it's going to translate a lot better than making some random shitty stadium rocks on. Like. <laughs> no, 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 exactly. I mean, but then it's so important. I mean, that, I mean, if I, because... The reason why of that answer is because, I mean, for the work that they have done, 
in the in the, I was in in a major label music environment mm. where it's it's a world that literally if you're not if you don't have balls enough literally they they try to shape you for the market mm. okay do a tiktok song exactly <laughs> and the problem that if you let them do it because it's always that if you let them do it they can do it mm. and uh and I went through that experience because we were young, I mean, we signed a, a major label contract of three albums with when we were eighteen. Jesus, and uh, know, it was yeah, that extensive. But, yeah, it was with no conventional sound. Was a great experience. I mean, man, I play with Deep Purple myself. I opened what? for the Did Deep you? Purple. Man. Yes, <laughs> I can show you the picture later. So yeah, dude. We were the first, the only opening. I mean, we play in on the same festival where the day before they were Linkin Park headlining, you know, oh, you know wow. and we played in front of 120,000 people. Jesus I Christ. mean, it was, and then I moved to Ireland and I couldn't play the Fred Zeppelin, you know, it's kind of, it was kind of weird. Yeah, I would time. say it was a kind of a culture shock almost. Yeah, but I mean, we were called non-conventional sound because we were, we have a specific sound and the management literally pushed us to shape closer to the other team band of the other labels. Like you know? what, what, what type of music would it be? Like it was like kind of bro- pop rock. No, no, no. No, I like mean, what were they pushing you towards? I mean, it's it's a very Italian thing. I mean, there were other couple of two, three bands coming from, you know, Sony, Universal, EMI, EMI, and mm. and they were we we were the the team band to challenge these these other bands. Okay, yeah. they were more punkish, rocky, like they were. I mean, but we we weren't that. So they tried to shape us in a way. They tried to change it. A bit, and we let them doing it because mm-hmm. we were focused. Oh Jesus, we made it! You know, you do, yeah. I always find it bizarre hearing stories like this where you sign a band because they sound a particular way, and then try and change their sound entirely. Like you should read. I don't know if you've ever, uh, like you mentioned, Lincoln Park. Go look up the shit that Lincoln Park had to go through on their first album. It is insane the choices that the the, the label tried to get them to make every single time. I know, man. And there's you need to have the reason why we're saying you need to have balls too. In if you sign a deal like that to try to to keep the integrity, you know, mm. so is the reason why, in my opinion, it's not healthy to any band to get you know their first recording deal with someone that is literally a corporation. So yeah. because you're gonna be a product, full stop. There's no other kind of there's no other kind of really uh, options. And but I mean, I mean, if I have to think about that, I would use that opportunity in a different way if it was the person I am now. Mm. Of course, it's not the same, but you know, as I mean, I, I'm I'm glad of the experience that I had because I did mistakes that helped me to be where I am now. So yeah, and I would imagine it helps you when you're you know because you also run the record label Marador Records, like getting bands in and knowing how to approach them and stuff like that as well. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's also leave the freedom to the artist to express himself and mm. and to don't be scared about the market call you know mm. and it's scary man it's scary it is, because yeah. and i understand also the point of view of a label to try to keep you know the stuff into them kind of market kind of demand and but it's not the music is not that you know if we start to i mean there's plenty of music treated like that that they last for can i say something like one year yeah then trying the bin create a new, new tune that is going to be fancy again. Maybe it's going to make money. Mm. Happy days. But deep inside, you know, for the artist, I mean, I really hope that that stuff that they, they brought you out, it's really you. Because to keep the, you know, the costume of someone else, it, it's maybe nice at the beginning, but then you start to get, you know, yeah. some feeling, you know, 
it's kind of getting itchy, you know, <laughs> and you want to take it out. The problem is that they don't let you take it out. <laughs> Just to make a, there's a lot of physical comparison in this interview. Yeah, anyway. there has been. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, I'm good. sorry. <laughs> so this is the part where you basically complete. Do, do you have any shows coming up or any? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Any narrow door records shows coming up as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I mean for the Las Vinci, I mean we're gonna be back uh, on tour on the 15th of September. We play Belfast um, in the Deer's Head. Um, then we we're gonna play on the 29th of um september again in galway at the Sally longs then we we head to the uk on the 18th of october until the 29th then we go to germany on the 8th of november until the 18th and uh we're gonna play berlin we're gonna play Sick. um halle i mean Vienna, and i mean we're gonna play we're we gonna organize i mean we made the the first i mean headlining show in london organized fully by narrow the records for oh, the, that's for awesome. the narrow the, tours yes and then we play in italy for a couple of gigs in december and uh but we have more surprise coming over and uh <laughs> and this is for the last venture for the narrow door records gigs we have four shows i mean four tours happening the first one is the eighth of uh, in the, between the 7th and the 9th of september in limerick uh cork and and dublin or band of the uk called uh, eat your own head they are phenomenal. That's a great name for a I band. Know. <laughs> then on uh, in two weeks after we have Blank Atlas from Bristol coming oh, over. Oh, they're a great band. Blank they're Atlas. F- they're, they're unreal. They're I love their album yeah. so much. Then in November we have Mother Vulture still from Bristol coming over playing on the first weekend of November. Then at the end of November we didn't announce it yet, but we can say during the podcast we have this band from Germany called Kangaroo coming over for three sweet, gigs. Sweet. And we have more com- stuff coming in December, but I didn't literally have the time to feel, I mean, to complete the process. You're going to have a busy t- feckin' end to 2023. Yeah, I, got, I, I really hope to be alive, man. Yeah. I mean, oh, I hope so too. Hopefully the birth of Jesus is going to give me a bit of rest. Let's say this. For Christmas, going to be fine. <laughs> All right, man. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, man, for me too. And that's us. So that is our episode for this week. I want to give a quick thank you again, as as always, to Alex for coming on and being such a fantastic guest and being so, you know, just forthcoming and amazing to chat with. It really was an absolute pleasure having him. Uh, really, really enjoyed it. Make sure to check out The Last Vinci and listen to their brand new album, The Revolution Is Made Together. Uh, you can get it on vinyl because uh, I have it on vinyl. It's pretty cool. They have some cool T-shirts, too, um, that you can get. So get those. And uh, make sure to check out any gigs that uh, obviously they're going on tour, as Alex mentioned there before the episode was uh, finished. And also check out Narador Records for any tours that they're putting on as well, because they do put on some fantastic shows. I've been to quite a few of them in Chennai, and they've always been very, very, very fun. But um, yeah, that's the episode for this week. I really hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you liked it and want to hear more episodes just like it, please give us a follow. Um, Genuinely does help me out. I say it every week. It really does help me out. It'd be over the moon if you could do it. And if you're feeling very, very kind, please leave us a review. Uh, only if it's positive, though, because uh, no negativity. <laughs> and uh, yeah, have a lovely week. I'm off to a wedding today. Uh, it's the 30 year anniversary of Sepultura's chaos ad i don't think they're going to play it at the ceremony later on but i'm going to try and then full of hell tomorrow so it should be good crack but um and so yeah have a good weekend if anybody's at ep have a fantastic time go see guriers uh i know they're playing i think they're playing on the saturday and they're playing on sunday morning at like half two so uh, go see them and uh yeah have an amazing time thank you very much for listening and goodbye <laughs>